Hello, hello, hello. One and all, welcome to the MMA Frequency. And I'm going to need you to apologize. Apologize to Aljamain Sterling right now, immediately. I've got a lot of apologizing to do as well. But uh, you, dear listener, go ahead, fill out the Aljamain Sterling apology form. <sighs> UFC 273 coming in uh on Saturday, not a not a great card, but I have to say the three uh, fights at the end more than made up for uh, any boredom I had sitting through the rest of the card. So uh, let's run it down, don't you think? Uh, the first fight I watched, uh, Olenek versus Vandera, I predicted this one with a spectacular, dizzyingly ac- dizzying accuracy, uh, except for the fact that Jared Vandera fought stupider than I ever could have conceived. Seen as that he decided that he was going to try and take down Alexi Olenek and beat him at his own game. Didn't work. Olenek reversed him. He got tapped out in a very, very tight scarf hold for his troubles. Uh, Olenek got a performance of the night bonus for his 60th win. 60th. The old man's still ticking. Gotta love, gotta love this sport. Uh, also a very cute clip uh, backstage of... Olenek teaching Vandera how to do the standing Ezekiel choke on uh, just some poor guy in a Vandera's corner. That was pretty fun. The next fight was, uh, the next fight I viewed was Mickey Gall versus Mike Malott. And thank God, I didn't even preview this one last week. I moved past it so quickly. Mickey Gall is still, still coasting off wins against Sage Norscut and CM Punk. I mean, look at this guy with a... 7-5 and five record, pretty much all in the UFC, it's not worth it. He's he's not good. Hopefully, now that Mike Mulat has wiped the floor with him, mopped the center of the octagon with that guy, uh, we won't have to see or hear from him anymore in the future. Fingers crossed. Uh, Ian Gary defeated Darian Weeks uh, with a decision, unanimous decision. This was uh, an interesting fight. Gary's good, I guess. Ian Gary's all right. Uh, he is no Conor McGregor. Uh, not a Conor McGregor in the octagon. Not Conor McGregor on the microphone. Dana White wants him to be Conor McGregor very, very badly. I think Ian Gary wants to be Conor McGregor very, very badly. Uh, we'll see who he fights next. Uh, don't, 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 don't bet the mortgage on Ian Gary, folks. Uh, Mark Madison defeated Vince Michelle. Mackenzie Dern defeated Tisha Torres. Interesting fights, but... Let's just let's just move on to what everyone everybody wants to talk about. Uh, Hamza Chimaev and Gilbert Burns. Ooh, Zooey Mamba, sweet baby Jesus riding a bike. Uh, early fight of the year contender for sure. Uh, incredible, 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 incredible. And here's where I eat my first uh, large amount of crow. Uh, Hamza Chimaev, clearly not an unbeatable phenom, but I will say he belongs in the elite of the division. He is very. Very, very, very good. Anybody who thought that he was going to tap out Gilbert Burns like Lee Jing Leon, yeah, I, just, I would recommend you uh, send an apology note to uh, Gilbert Burns' house immediately. But oh, his takedown defense, unimpeachable. I was really surprised that Burns even tried to take him down, to be completely honest. Uh, and even though he felt the call of violence, the call of the wild in the second and third round, I thought that his striking defense held up really, really well in the beginning. Uh Really interesting shell guard game, but uh, yeah, no, Usman or uh, Hamzan Burns 
both gave as good as they got for three straight rounds, uh, beat the hell out of each other. Amazing, amazing, amazing fight. Now, Kamaru Usman's knees are dust, but I think they're willing to uh, hotshot Chimaev to the title. I Maybe 60-40 for Usman right now. That's, that's how I'm feeling. His knees might be dust. He can't offensively grapple, but his takedown defense is still uh, pretty, pretty great. Uh, if he can, you know, hit the body, fight on the outside, not get taken down, he might be able to tire out Hamzat over five rounds because his cardio didn't look terrible, but he certainly wasn't in round one shape at the end of that fight. Uh, Usman, I'm pretty sure, could fight for 50 straight minutes and not get tired once. Uh, pretty incredible. But right now it remains to be seen. They might let Luke have a shot. Uh, I doubt it. I'm pretty sure they're going to hot shot Hamzat to the title fight. Either way, probably going to happen either at the end of this year or beginning of 2023. Going to be a great, 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 great fight. Uh, and I thought the decision was well warranted. Uh, people people were saying that Burns uh, won the whole fight. He definitely outstruck uh, Hamzat in the second round. It was a 29-28, but I don't know. Uh, I think Hamzat did what, did what he needed to do to get it out of there in the third round and win the decision. I don't think this is a bad decision at all. Moving on, the headliner, uh, the Korean Zombie versus Volkanovski. Once again, uh, Volkanovski is just too, Mr. Too Damn Elite. Uh, he's on another level. His fight IQ, uh, his incredibly well-rounded skill set, his speed. Uh, he put a pace on a Korean Zombie. Unlike uh, I've seen men, most people do fighting him ever. And, I mean, the Max Trilogy does need, still need to happen. He needs to fight Holloway. We need to settle this beef. I'm a little sick and tired. 2-0 Volk. Oh, Max won the second fight. Duh, you're a casual. You're a casual. Uh, I'm not I'm not invested in all that stuff. They just need to have the third fight so everybody can stop talking about it. Uh, but after that, who's going to fight? Josh Emmett? Calvin Cater? Bryce Mitchell? I mean, Arnold Allen's a good shout. He's a good fighter, but I don't really see anybody who can match up against Volkanovski's skill set. So you might cringe. You might roll your eyes when he talks about moving up to fight lightweight, but I don't know if he really has anything, anything left for the guy at 145. Uh, he outstruck Korean Zombie in Sig Strikes by 3-1. to one. 150 to 50. Ridiculous. Uh, and Herb Dean, very, very, in, very, very merciful stoppage uh Volkanovsky started the fourth round off banged up Korean Zombie immediately stumbled him and Herb just ran in stopped the fight he didn't need to take any more of that punishment uh Korean Zombie with some very very sad Instagram posts uh sounds like he might call it a career here and if he does absolute legend first ballot hall, hall of famer I'd love to see him keep fighting keep putting on more classics because he's still a great fighter just clearly uh, happened to be on the wrong side of history, having to fight Jose Aldo and then Volkanovski. But, yeah, that, that, that fight was uh, good until it got a little too uncomfortable to watch. And that was the headliner. But on to the real main event. Apologize, apologize, apologize. Say you are sorry, everyone. I mean, I fell for it. I fell for the hype. 
I thought that Aljamain wasn't going to be able to beat Jan. I thought that Jan was going to wipe the floor with the guy. But guess what? Aljamain Sterling, the funk master, is the undisputed UFC bantamweight champion of the world. The human backpack came back with an absolute vengeance because uh, rounds two and three uh, were some of the most beautiful grappling work I've seen in a while. Jan is, once again, no slouch. I talked about how good his wrestling is defensively and offensively. Uh, most of his fights with uh, Magomedov in, uh, I think it's uh, ACB, the promotion was called, very grappling heavy, and uh, Jan showed that he's uh, no slouch in that area at all. Aljo just completely neutralized him, got on the back. In, in I mean, round two might have been a 10-8 because uh, in round three, Jan was fighting back a little bit better, but in round two, uh, Aljo was just raining down punches, f threatening to flatten them out, uh, chaining different transitions together, uh, controlled the grappling for four straight minutes, had four minutes of ground control in that round. Uh, that might be a 10-8 round if I've ever seen one. Uh, round three did pretty much the same thing with a little less uh, ground and pound and damage from the top, but uh, those takedown entries, beautiful, perfect, that grappling, Beautiful, perfect. Uh, Jan kept the fight on the feet for the fourth and fifth round, and you could very, very clearly see that his coaches uh, had ingrained this into his head. Do not knee Aljamain in the dome. Do not knee him in the head, because every single time in the fourth and fifth round that Aljamain shot for a takedown and uh, Jan, Jan uh, neutralized it and countered him, he had him in that same position. And she would immediately run for the pack take, back take every single time. Uh, wouldn't even spend more than a second in that same position where he would have been able to knee on in the, knee Sterling in the head. So uh, good coaching from Jan's corner, I guess. Clearly, they they coached the cheating out of him. But even when Jan was in control on the ground, he was not in control like Aljamain was. Uh, Aljamain was constantly fighting. He was having to defend uh, against Aljamain's attacks. Uh, just a great, great, great fight, but an incredible performance by Aljamain Sterling. He did it. He slayed the beast. Uh, there's a lot of talk about round one. Uh, you're insane. You're insane. Uh, just, 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 just look at the rules. Just look at the rules. Uh, octagon control is listed last. It's what you should consider last. Aljo outstruck Jan in the first round. Just because he takes the first round off, uh, does not mean that he immediately gets to win the first round on the scorebooks. Uh, Aljo outstruck him. And just because uh, Aljo was on his bike and Jan was constantly uh, stalking him down in the first round does not mean that Aljo did not throw more strikes than him. That's how you score fights. Sorry, folks. You got to accept it. Uh, that might have been a 48-46. Uh, I'm pretty sure that might be it on my scorecard because that, that round two was a work of beauty. And he absolutely won round one. Lots of very, very salty people who spent the last year saying that Jan would mop the floor with Aljo. But I love, I love myself an underdog, and I am supporting Aljamain. I'm, I'm riding this troll train as long as it can go, way past the station, off into the horizon. TJ Dillashaw, I'm betting the mortgage on Sterling. Uh, that is going to be a very, very interesting fight. Uh, TJ Dillashaw... We're going to have to evaluate uh, where he's at now because he looked pretty good against Sandhagen, but that was before Corey Sandhagen uh, 
<laughs> ripped his knee apart with uh, one of the nastiest knee bars I've ever seen. So TJ might be a little bit slower on the feet, and he's got good grappling, but <laughs> that's what I said about Jan, too. So if Aljo spends four rounds uh, spider-monkeying uh, TJ Dillashaw's back and punching him in the side of the head, then <laughs> apologize. 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 I mean, I'm going to let my comments from last week, they're going to stay on the record. I'm not, I'm not deleting the podcast. I'm not editing out my segment. Uh, I was wrong. I was wrong. I completely underestimated Aljamain's chances. I was sitting there like a little child. I had my little propeller hat on. I was bouncing up and down in my seat <laughs> while he was uh, pun punching Jan in the head in the middle of the second round. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Uh, Aljamain Sterling, the undisputed bantamweight champion of the world, deal with it. On to the news. Nothing really that interesting this week. Just a few uh, makings and cancellations of fights. Uh, this weekend, uh, Elizu Zaleski dos Santos was supposed to fight uh, Munir Zalazaz, but uh, I think as of today, EZS pulled out uh, the bouts in limbo. I don't think uh, they're going to be able to find a short-term uh, replacement for Lazaz. And then Uriah Hall versus Andre Munez was supposed to be on this card. It's going to be a good shout. I like Andre Munez, great grappler. I like Uriah Hall. He had put together a pretty good streak uh, before he lost to Sean Strickland in that boring, boring, boring fight. Ironically enough, Sean Strickland's last loss, easy yes. Uh, MMA, it's all circular like that. But uh, Uriah Hall pulled out, and uh, they couldn't find a replacement for Munez, so the bout's off. Uh, Shavkat Rachmanov's manager said that uh, Shavkat has accepted a fight for this summer against Neil Magny. I think that's going to be really awesome. It's going to be a great test for Shavkat. Neil Magny's no slouch, but uh, if he's really the prospect we all think he is, uh, let's see if he can keep replicating that runaway success, you know, in the grappling and the striking. I think it's going to be a really, really, really interesting fight. Can't wait to see what a card that lands on. And then just a news story that I thought was... Uh, I had to take a moment, a little sidebar to talk about this. Uh, the UFC's partnership with Crypto.com. This stuff is absolutely ridiculous, folks. Reads like a total racket to me. Uh, Crypto.com paying the UFC $17.5 million per year for this sponsorship. But they're paying them in money, cold, hard cash to promote this website. And they're partnering with them to give out $60,000 of fan-chosen bonuses for every pay-per-view uh, in the year. But those bonuses... Those aren't in uh, money, money, money. They're in Bitcoin. So not only the fact that uh, these are fan chosen, so some of the results are going to be a little silly. I mean, Peter Jan got a bonus from last weekend after literally losing, but uh, you're giving them tens of thousands of uh, dollars of money that uh, might just completely lose its value. Or gain in value, who knows? Totally unstable, totally unpredictable. While they're paying for their sponsorship in uh, American dineros, uh, yeah, somebody, uh, somebody on t Twitter calculated that uh, the total amount of uh, Bitcoin they're giving out to the fighters is like less than a million dollars, while they're paying the company like, you know, seventeen and a half. Silly, silly, silly stuff. MMA, born of pro wrestling. Always going to be a carny sport at heart. What can you do about it, folks? Uh, 
a fight. Uh, Joanna Zerzhechek and Weili Zhang, too, confirmed for a UFC 275 in Singapore in June. Oh, this fight's going to be a banger. It's a rematch of uh, probably one of the greatest women's fights of all time. Uh, very, very interesting attraction fight. But I think Whaley's kind of been screwed over by UFC matchmaking. Because if this was her return fight after she lost the belt to Rose, I mean, and she wins, she's going to have a fantastic claim to the title shot and another great win on her resume. But now that they made the fight against Rose back-to-back and she's lost twice, uh, even if she beats Joanna, she's going to need a lot more wins to make her way back to the title which the UFC loves to make fights for entertainment and not for sport, indirectly, accidentally, basically screwing over their own fighters' careers. And then another really, really interesting wrinkle about the Singapore card, the only real news item I uh, kind of pulled for this week, uh, John Hyun Ko of All-Star Sports. Uh, this report was collaborated, confirmed by uh, Aaron Bronstetter, he uh, said that UFC has plans for eight-man tournaments in uh, flyweight, bantamweight, featherweight, and lightweight uh, starting at UFC 275, and they're reaching out to try and sign uh, Chinese, Korean, Japanese, and Thai uh, tad fighters, which I think is really cool. I think it's really neat. Uh, it's kind of cynical, obviously. It's part of UFC's attempt to reach out into the Asian market and uh, grow their brand. But hopefully these uh, tournaments get broadcasted. They're not just like a uh, contender series thing where they're uh, on Fight Pass. Hopefully they're not, like, buried. I do want to watch these fights. But the interesting thing for me is that UFC has been uh, tournament-averse for basically a whole decade. And if these are successful, hopefully we're going to get to see some tournaments within the actual, like, top 10 or top 15 of other divisions. I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine an eight-man tournament in lightweight right now out of the top eight? Bananas! It would be amazing! It would be great. Uh... 275 building up to be a really good card. Speaking of not good cards, uh, UFC Fight Night this weekend, this Saturday, Vincente Luque versus Bilal Muhammad 2. Let's uh, run down a few of these uh, fights. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, Chris Barnett is fighting. Huggy Bear. That's going to be really interesting. Uh Really unproven quantity, but he's a heavyweight that does wheel kicks. What more do you want? Am I right? Uh, it looks like they haven't puff finished a uh, bout order yet, but uh, it looks like from right now the opener is going to be uh, Kevin Kroom versus uh, Haley Alatong, which uh, interesting fight to me, but uh, Kevin Kroom might be fighting for his UFC career right now. He's uh, 0-2-1 in the promotion. <sighs> kind of silly uh he's got the no contest on his record but uh it was a submission win that was overturned for marijuana which don't get me started i won't get into the whole polemical but uh critical support for any fighter who had a win overturned by a usada due to marijuana use it's not a performance enhancing drug very very silly uh weed makes you want to sit on the couch and eat pizza it does not make you any better at fighting Let's get real here, folks. But uh, Haley Alatong, this guy might be legit. Uh, his last fight went to a draw due to repeated cage grabs. Very, very dirty. Didn't like that. They uh, took a point from him in the third round. But I thought that uh, he won if he didn't do uh, if he didn't cheat. Uh, other than a loss to Casey Kennedy, which lost to Casey Kennedy, age is great. Uh, in his debut, he won over. Uh, he beat Dana Bakarel, which 
also has aged super well. Ryan Benoit, no slash either. So I'm thinking Kevin Crew might be on the chopping block here. They might be trying to feed him to Alatong. Uh, Rafa Garcia versus Jesse Ronson. True example of a card filler fight here. Uh, Jesse Ronson had a previous stint with the UFC a few years back. He went 0-3. He got re-signed by the promotion, and uh, he won only to get uh, his win turned into a no contest after testing positive for D-ball, which is a uh, anabolic steroid. Not good. Not, not good. Not good at all. Uh, it was also like two years ago, so who knows where his abilities are at right now. Uh, Hafa Garcia, he's a former Combate American, uh, Combate America's lightweight champ. He had a slow start in the promotion. He came in undefeated. But uh, losing to Nasrat Hakparast and Chris Grishmacher are... Uh, they're both good shouts. You shouldn't be ashamed of that. And he uh, picked up a win recently, so I think he's. I think this is another case of a slightly motivated matchmaking by the UFC. I'm pretty sure they're trying to uh, kind of build up Rafa Garcia off of the name of. Well, I don't. Jesse Ronson doesn't really have a name, but I think they're trying to feed Jesse Ronson to Rafa Garcia to, uh, you know, get get a few more dubs on his record. Uh, there are a few that I just haven't really looked into. Uh, Mayara Buena Silva versus Wu Yanan. Uh, Wu Yanan, very, very interesting fighter. Hasn't had as good of a stint in the UFC as uh, Mayara Buena Silva has. Uh, Buena Silva lost to a uh, most recent loss was to Menon Furo, who, great, great, great. Uh, flyweight contender uh no shame in losing to her another person who uh lost a fight that she probably should have won or been winning to uh against montana de la rosa deducted a point for uh cage grabbing uh yeah that fight will be i guess it will be a fight uh so uh melsic my gosh you're on oh i don't even know how to Ooh, ooh. Melsic Armenian last name and TJ Laramie were originally uh, booked to fight, but uh, Laramie pulled out with a uh, staff infection, and they were expected to fight at this this uh, event, but uh, Melsic Bagdasarian. If there are any Armenians listening to this show uh, podcast, I'm so so sorry. Uh, he pulled out due to unknown reasons, didn't announce, and uh, UFC subbed in Pat Sabatini. Pat Sabatini, a uh, really interesting uh, featherweight contender. Cool dude. We'll see how that fight goes. Uh, Jordan Leavitt was supposed to fight Victor Martinez. Martinez also pulled out. That's another thing. This card has been absolutely plagued by pullouts, substitutions, cancellations, uh, fights being moved around. Uh, so if the card doesn't look too inspiring to you, that's exactly why. Uh Jordan Leavitt, also really, really interesting pro uh, prospect, had that amazing inverted uh, inverted triangle choke uh, win a couple of uh, months back. He's now fighting Trey Ogden. He was supposed to fight Victor Martinez. Uh, hmm. Anything else interesting on the card? Oh, Devin Clark is moving up in weight to uh, fight William Knight at heavyweight. Devin Clark, uh, recently not a terrible uh, fighter. I mean, really uh, lost losses to Jan Blakovich, Alexander Rachik, 
uh, Anthony Smith, Ian Kudolaba. Not really guys you should be ashamed to lose to at all, but uh, I can completely understand that uh, he's uh, two and three in his last five. Uh, Want to move up to heavyweight, try and make a change. Totally, totally understand that. Uh, Rakar Close is fighting Brandon Jenkins. Such fight should be okay. And then other than that, uh, ooh, uh, Penny Kianzad is fighting against Lena Landsberg. So this is going to be an interesting fight between ranked women's bantamweights. Somebody trying to break into the top 10. Other than that, the only other fight I was really interested in, uh, Miguel Baeza versus Andre Fialho. Baeza is a great shout. Uh, always good. On a little skid recently, but once again, losing to Santiago Ponsonibio and uh, Chaos Williams should not be anything you should be ashamed of. Andre Fialho debuted in the UFC, lost against Michelle Pereira, but uh, this one's going to be interesting. We'll see if Baeza, Baeza can recover from a recent his recent little skid there. But either way, probably going to be a fun fight. And then the main event. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Vicente Luke versus Bilal, Bilal Muhammad II. I've seen the original fight. You should watch the original fight. Luke uh, mopped the octagon with Bilal. It was really, really bad. The fight went for about a minute and a half before uh, Vicente Luke was just on him like a dog, knocked him down. Only a couple more straight punches and then stop the fight. And I mean, I'm interested to see how much Bilal has improved. He's kind of tried to rebrand himself recently uh, in his last couple fights as a much more wrestling centric. But Luke Luke has improved just as much in turn. I gotta say, like, there's uh, Bilal's probably gonna try and go to the wrestling early, trying to get down on him and avoid uh, striking with Luke. But uh, Vicente Luke is a monster on the feet. He is a monster on the ground. Uh, if this guy, and he, if he beats Bilal, I mean, who else in the uh, who else in the top five? You know, Colby. Uh, Colby coming off of two losses to Usman, Burns coming off a loss. Uh, other than that, I mean, you know, Usman's gonna fight Leon Edwards next. But if Luke beats Bilal, I honestly think he uh, might. Jump the line over Hamzat. Hamzat might, they might match him up with like Colby Covington or somebody. Uh, I don't know if Colby would take that fight, to be completely honest. Uh, but, yeah, card this weekend. Not exactly, not exactly looking. Uh, depth of a pool, probably more like depth of a puddle. But we love the fight game, don't we, folks? Apologize to Aljamain Sterling. Jorge Masvidal is still going to jail. I'll see you next week. Talk to you soon, folks. Bye bye.